are your tabernacle glory to the Lord on high God of wonders beyond our galaxy you are holy holy the universe declares your majesty you are holy
Well, good morning. Good morning. So glad to be here with you guys in the house of the Lord this morning. I have a couple quick announcements for us this morning. Um, I know you all have been kind of awaiting the winner of the Backpack Challenge in the Sunday school uh, classrooms. Uh, between the youth and kids, the youth won by a landslide with 24 backpacks. I'm so proud of them for doing that. Um, and between the adults, are you ready? Awkward silence, okay. Um, so the Young at Heart class won the Adult Connect Group Challenge with 17 um, backpacks. They won by one backpack. That was a close slide. So congratulations to the Young at Heart class. Um, those teachers get with me so we can figure out where you guys want to eat for your, um, your prize. Also, um, be sure you're looking your bulletin and your, co- and your communicator for all the other announcements. There's a lot of good stuff in here, um, a reminder about the Christmas Katata practice. Um, look at the website for the information of that. That's the fbclmusic.com um, for that website. Um, and get with Nancy about any other announcements regarding that. Um, also, we're having our discipleship groups tonight from 6 to 7. That includes the kids' um, discipleship group, Team Kid, um, this, this evening from 6 to 7. Um, in the chapel. Um, also, be sure you're getting in the bulletin and communicator for all those other announcements. Uh, last thing before I pray and we get um, into more of why we're here. Um, kids, we do have our kids worship guide out in the fel- in the vestibule um, on the welcome desk. So make sure you guys are grabbing that so you can be engaged in the worship service. There's a lot of activities, um, notes and stuff on that. So make sure you're getting that. Um, so... Everybody got that? Everybody good? There'll be a test afterwards for everything you guys need to know. Um, So let's pray and get about the worship that we're here to do. Um, Dear Father God, we just thank you for this day you've given to us. Lord, we thank you for giving us the ability to worship in your house together. Um, Lord, we just want to pray for just a lot of our leadership that's um, in our community and in our country, Lord. Just allow them to be people after your heart and make decisions based on you. Um, Lord, there's a lot of other stuff going around um, with just sicknesses and illnesses and stuff like that. We want to lift those people up to you that are dealing with that. Um, Lord, I'm so grateful to be here to be able to worship you with um, our church family. Just thank you for all that you are and all that you do, and be with us today. It's in Christ's name I pray. Jesus 
Let us pray. Dear kind and gracious Heavenly Father, dear Lord, I just thank you for this day. I thank you for the beautiful day that you've given to us. Dear Lord, I just pray your blessings on all those that were affected by the storm. Dear Lord, I just thank you for the the grace that you've given to us and protecting us from it. But dear Lord, there were so many people that were affected by it and uh, just pray that you'll just be with them. Thank you for the offerings that were, were brought this past week and today that... You know, we can go out as a congregation, as a church, and do your goodwill in all of our community. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.
to be seated. Good morning. Aren't you glad that there is power in the blood of Jesus? And that that power is greater than any power of sin that sin can have over us. I I know I'm thankful for that. Knowing that it's only through the blood of Jesus that you and I are saved by grace and set free from our sin. Given eternal life and a home in heaven. If you have your Bibles, would you join me this morning in the book of 1 John? In the book of 1 John. And today we're going to be reading in verse John chapter 1, beginning in verse number 5 and reading down through verse number 10. We're going to be looking at today the proofs of biblical community, the proofs of biblical community. So let's read that together. 1 John chapter 1, beginning in verse number 5, this is the message which we have heard from him and announced to you. That God is light and in Him there is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with Him and yet we walk in darkness, we lie and and we do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as He Himself is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus His Son cleanses us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, we are deceiving ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and righteous to forgive us of our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make Him a liar, and His word is not in us. Let's pray together. Father, again, thank you for your word that is living. Thank you for your word that is truth. We thank you, Father, that today as we open up the inerrant, the infallible, the inspired, the authoritative word of God, that, Lord, it now has has encountered the things in our life that need to be transformed. And, Lord, you promised us that your word would never return void, and so we claim that promise this morning. We pray, O Lord, that you give us ears to hear what the Spirit has to say and that your word will be made alive and and real in our lives today, that when we walk out of here, we've been transformed because we have encountered the living word of God. Speak to us today. We need to hear your voice. We we need desperately, Lord, to to feel your touch upon us today. So we ask you, God, to have your perfect will, your perfect way. And this is our prayer in the precious name, the precious name of Jesus Christ, our risen Savior. Amen. The proofs of biblical community. You know, we started talking last week and discovered last week that biblical community is found when a body of born-again, saved-by-grace believers are living in harmony with one another and in unbroken fellowship with Jesus. 
Now, don't miss that. That is what biblical community is. It is when a group of believers are living in harmony with one another and in unbroken fellowship with their Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The very foundation of unity, we talked about it last week, is our our relationship with Jesus as Savior. That is what binds us together. And just a little while, we're going to celebrate the Lord's table together. And in doing that, we are signifying, we are practicing the, the truth that you and I, as born-again believers in Jesus, we are bound together by one thing, and that is our relationship with Him. And so it is vital that we understand the, 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 the very basis of biblical community. Now, John turns his attention to offering us some proof. You know, I'm often asked, and I bet you have heard people ask, maybe you've even asked the question yourself, how can I know for certain that I am saved? How can I know beyond any shadow of any doubt that I am born again, saved by grace, part of the body of Christ and on my way to heaven. Since the relationship with Jesus is the foundation for biblical community, then we need to know, not just in our head, but in the very core of our heart and soul, that we have that relationship with Jesus. And so today we see John is is opening up to us some proofs. That we have that relationship, not just with Christ, but with each other as born-again believers. He offers us three of those tests. And today, as we prepare our hearts and mind to receive the Lord's table, this is, this is our opportunity to, to take the test. To look through these three proofs that John offers to us. So that when the time comes and, and it's part of our service, when we're going to partake of the bread and drink of the cup, that we know, not, not think, not hope, not guess, but know that we have a relationship with Jesus Christ as personal Lord and Savior. So what are these three tests that John gives us in his passage of Scripture? Well, the first one, we're going to call it the Alliance Test. We found that in the first couple of verses we read together because John makes a very emphatic statement in verse number 5 that we just can't miss. I mean, there's no, there's no room for questioning in this statement. And here's what he says. God is light, and in Him there is no darkness. Now, that's emphatic. That's, not a, that's what we think. That's what we hope. That's what we guess. He's not saying that's, that's what we believe. He's saying this is the truth, that God is light and in Him is no darkness. There's a truth that we have to state here at this point, and, and it's a truth I think we all know at the core of our being. It's just one of those things that we learned even at a young age. And, and here's that truth, that darkness and light cannot coexist in the same space at the same time. Lightness and dark cannot coexist 
in the same space at the same time. Now, there may be varying levels of light present. Think, if you will, in the early morning dawn of day when the the darkness is being broken by the rising of the sun and the horizon offers us that promise as the light begins to break through. There are different levels of light. Think of at the end of the day, whenever we're closing out the day and night is, is starting to, to come into, to, to our area and, the, and we notice that the sun as it begins to set, that, that we call that dusk. And there's just that faint glow of the sun as it sets beyond the horizon. And while there are varying levels of light, light and darkness cannot coexist in the same space at the same time. It just cannot happen. In fact, by the very definition of darkness, the very definition of darkness is it is the absence of light. It is the absence of light. Now listen to the truth of God's Word. This is the message that we have heard from Him talking about Jesus. And now we want to make sure you understand it, that the God of all creation, the God our Father is light, and in Him there is no darkness at all. And if we say we have fellowship with Him, but yet we walk in darkness, we lie and we do not tell the truth. He's saying that we can't say that we are in alliance with light and walk in darkness. We can't say that we are part of God's family that has been redeemed and, and bought by the grace of Jesus Christ, washed in His blood, saved by Calvary. We can't say that we're part of that family, but yet walk in darkness. Light and darkness do not coexist. You see, biblical community, real biblical community, cannot be experienced unless those who are involved in that relationship are walking in the light of God's presence in their life. Lightness and darkness cannot have fellowship with one another. Biblical community in a church, that harmonious relationship among believers, that biblical community, that fellowship we have in our oneness with Christ can only take place when we are saved by the grace of God. We have to be walking in light to have that fellowship. We can't be right with God and out of fellowship with His children, but at the same time we can't be in fellowship with God and out of We can't be in fellowship with God's children and out of fellowship with God. Because lightness and darkness can't coexist in who we are. You're either saved or you're not. There's no kind of saved, sort of saved. There is saved and there's lost. There's light and there's dark. And we are aligned with one of those two. Now... If that alliance test is one of the very first tests that John gives us, he says, you want to know if you are saved or not. Here's what I I want you to do. Do you walk in the light or do you walk in the dark? That's going to tell you whether you have a relationship with Jesus or not. That's going, to, that's going to reveal to you whether you're truly saved or not. You can call yourself saved. You can call yourself a Christian. You can call yourself born again. You can call yourself all of these things. But if you walk in darkness, you're, you're not in the light. 
And God is light, and in Him there is no darkness at all. There is that alliance test. Where, where are we aligned in our life? You say, well, wait, wait a minute, preacher. Wait, let, let's back up. Let's just, let's just kind of hit the pause button for a second. I, I, I distinctly remember praying a certain prayer. I distinctly remember being baptized. I distinctly remember shaking that preacher's hand or, or the church voting and, 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 and inviting me into membership. I distinctly remember that. And you may very well have all of those things. But if you walk in darkness, then you're not in light. You're either saved or you aren't. You see, all those things we talked about are good things. Praying is a good thing. Being baptized is, is commanded of Christ. It is a good thing. Joining a church is a good thing. But that's not what saves us. And that's not what brings us into the light. Only a relationship, a personal relationship through repentance brings us into the light that is a relationship with Jesus. You say, Tommy, are you trying to make me doubt my salvation? No, 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 no. I'm trying to make you sure of it. I don't want you to doubt it. I want you to be absolutely certain of it, that there's no question in your mind. It's not about joining a church. It's not about joining a denomination. It's not about being a part of a group. It's about being born again. Saved by grace. Washed in the blood of Jesus. Set free from your sin. Delivered from the domain of darkness. And now walking in light. That's what it's about. The alliance test. Is your life aligned with the darkness of sin or the light of fellowship with God? You and only you can answer that question. Now, can I tell you something? We can, we can fake it. I'm a preacher's grandson. I know how to fake it, okay? I, I did that for a while. I learned how to say the right things at the right time. I, I, I learned how to do the right things at the right time so that it appeared to everyone that knew me well, oh, Tommy is a good Christian little boy. But the deep, dark truth of the matter was I was walking in darkness, pretending to walk in light. I may have been part of a church. I may have been baptized. I, I may have done all of those things we talked about. But the truth of the matter was that as until I came to Christ as a 22-year-old young man, I was still walking in darkness. You say, well, how do you know you were walking in darkness? Because once I left the glow of the lights of the church, I became who I really was. Walking in darkness. So I had no problem outside of church saying those words that profane the name of Christ. You see, I had no problem outside of church 
doing those things that brought shame to the church and to the name of Jesus. It didn't bother me. Uh, What bothered me was I didn't want to get caught. I I didn't want anybody to to discover my secret that I was only pretending to be in the light when in truth I was in darkness. You see, here's where you're going to find out whether you're walking in lightness or in darkness. It's who you are when you're not here. It's who you are when you're with the group of your peers. It's, it's who you are when, when you're out on your own and no one's around. That's when you know whether you're walking in darkness or in light. Because of who you are in those other areas is attached to the sin of your life, then you're walking in darkness. So there's the alliance test. There's a second test that he gives to us here. We're going to call it the confession test. Because he goes on to say in verse number 8. Now, verse 5, 6, and 7, he, he's, he's very, very blunt. You, you are... You are you are placing yourself in alliance with one or the other. You, you are either in, in alliance with the darkness or you are in, li- in alliance with the light of God himself because God is light. Verse 8. If we say that we have no sin, we are deceiving ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sin... He is faithful and just, or faithful and righteous, to forgive us of our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So we have the alliance test. Am I walking in darkness or am I walking in light? But now we have the confession test. Those who live in a right relationship with God and and in a right relationship with God's people, that biblical community, they keep short counts with God. They keep short accounts with God. In other words, here's what I'm saying, that as sin enters your life, and and listen, as long as we live in a broken world that is marred by sin, and we we walk and live in these broken bodies that that, that, that still battles a sin nature, there's going to be those times when no matter how desperately we try not to, no matter how hard we don't want to or don't, don't want to be a part of that, we're going to fall into sin. But here's the thing, when you're in light and darkness shows up, the light immediately reveals it. And the light says, oh, oh, there's some darkness creeping in right here. And immediately the Holy Spirit of God begins to convict our heart and begins to show us those areas that are displeasing to God, those areas that we are allowing the darkness to slip in. And immediately the Holy Spirit of God calls our attention to it. And then as a believer, my responsibility as a part of the body of Christ, as a child of God, is to come to, to Him with this, this failure and repentance from it, turning away from it, saying, Oh God, have, have mercy upon me. Please forgive me. 
Lord, I don't want that darkness in my life. I don't want that, that, that darkness creeping into my life. I, I don't want that in there. It doesn't bring glory to you. It doesn't bring honor to you. It doesn't, it doesn't bring uh, salvation to others who, who want to know you. Lord, I don't want that darkness. And you turn around and you walk away. We were talking last Sunday night about what is repentance. And, and, uh, and someone said... It's when you lead the sin right where it is. And I like that. I don't take it with me. I don't put it in my pocket and say, well, I kind of like that. I think I'm going to tote it around a little bit. But repentance is when I leave sin where it is and by God's grace and with God's help and by God's power and filled with God's spirit, I walk away from it. It's a change of heart. It's a change of mind. It's a, it's a change of intentions. It's, it's, it's a, an about face. It's, it's moving away from that which seeks to entrap us. Here's what I mean. As a, as a born again child of God, if you allow unconfessed sin to, to fester in your life, it will break the fellowship that you have with God and the unity that you have with God's people. Here's something I've noticed through the years. I bet you you've noticed it too. It might be a, a person that we go to church with. And on the outside we see that person. We think, oh man, that's just a great person. You know what I mean? They're just a great person. They're, they're, they're great to be around. They got this welcoming smile. They got this outgoing personality. They just, they're just like magnets. They just draw you to themselves. Man, I just, I just love being around that person. And then one day they, they seem to disappear. They just seem to fade into the darkness. And one day you find yourself looking around and you go, well, where are they at? Where, where, where did they go? You know where they went? They had unconfessed sin in their life. And they let it fester. And it began to break relationship with God. Not relationship, excuse me. Fellowship with God. But then began to break the unity with God's people. And suddenly, darkness began to repel light. And light began to repel darkness. And they they vanished. You see, the confessions test says that when I see that sin creeping into my life and I realize if I'm truly a born-again believer, I begin to realize that it is hindering my fellowship with God and it is breaking my relationship with my family, my church family. That is a red flag that I need to confess before God. Something's wrong there. But you see, if I'm not saved, if, I, if I've never truly been saved by grace and I'm allowing sin into my life, then I have no problem walking away from my fellowship with God or my relationship with the church. Because I never really had it to begin with. So we, 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 we must confess that sin. It is that coming before God. 
keeping a short account where when we're truly saved by grace, when we've been born again and we, we know that we're on our way to heaven, we know beyond a shadow of a doubt, I am a child of God and, and something inside of me begins to repel me away from my relationship with my, with my brothers and sisters in Christ and repel me away from my fellowship with God. It's a red flag that there is sin that has crept into the camp and I need to get on my face before God. And confess that sin. Because only then can that fellowship with God be restored. And that relationship with God's people be restored as well. But I've got good news for you. According to what John says here. He says, if we confess our sins, He is faithful, just, righteous to forgive us of our sins. And cleanse us from all unrighteousness. The Father stands ready and willing to cleanse His children of the, that, that sin that has crept into their life and restore them in His fellowship with Himself and restore them in unity with the rest of His children. But we have to confess our sin to Him. It's the confession test. We take the alliance test. Am I aligning my life with God and His people? And we take the confession t- test. Have I, have I examined my life and confessed the sin, whatever the Holy Spirit may reveal to me there? Have I confessed it? Have I got, have I, have I recognized it for what it is and, and repented of it in confession? But there's a third test. It's in verse 10. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar. But here's the key. Listen to it. His word is not in us. Twice John says in these few verses, if we say we have no sin. In verse 8, he says, if we say we have no sin, he says the truth is not in us. And in verse 10, he said, if we say we have no sin, his word is not in us. You see, the alliance test answers the question, am I walking in relationship with God through Jesus? Am I aligning my life with light? Or am I aligning my life with darkness? But the possession test answers the question, are you living your life in the truth of God's Word? Is God's Word controlling your life? There's this word that we're talking about now and this week in our Step 2 discipleship class. It's called Lordship. Lordship is the complete and total surrender and obedience to Jesus Christ. Where He has command and control over every area of our life. Where He and He alone is the one who's calling the shots, setting the direction. Lordship. The possession test is, am I positioned myself and, and, and have, I, have I placed myself in such a way that I am living in possession of the truth of God's Word in my heart where it is governing me and guiding me and leading me, convicting me, teaching me, building me up? Am I living in God's Word? 
You see, it's easy to tote around a Bible. Or better yet, download an app. It's easy to have a Bible on your phone, a Bible in the back seat of the car. It's easy to have access to God's Word. But the possession test is this. Does God's Word have access to you? Not do you have His Word with you, but is His Word in you? Is, is it controlling your life, guiding your life? The, our unity and biblical community is based on our relationship with Jesus. But it is governed by our obedience to God's Word. Two believers, they can, they can live with each other and, and get along with each other and be nice to each other, but they can't have biblical community if they're living in disobedience to God's Word. If you find yourself saying these words, I know the Bible says this, but... You've just stepped into trouble. Because now you're saying, I don't need the possession of God's Word. I, I can do what I want to do. I know God says that I shouldn't. I know God says that I should. But I want to or I don't want to based on my own desires. The possession test says, am I, am I being controlled by, in possession of the living Word of God and obeying and abiding by that truth in my life. That's the possession test. Tommy, how in the world can I know if I'm saved? We're, we're, going, to do the, we're going to do this in just a few moments where we observe this ordinance together. And Jesus said, as often as you do this, you do this in remembrance of me. And, and He's giving this to to his body of believers to, to participate in, not because there's something magical about the bread or magical about the cup, but because of what it represents. It represents what unifies us. It, it represents what makes us part of the family of God. The broken body of Christ and the spilt blood of Jesus is it, it, what's the very foundation of, of, of our our relationship with Him and our relationship with each other. So, Tommy, if I'm going to do this, and I, I, and I, and I understand that the Bible gives warning that, there, that you don't do this haphazardly. You, you don't just do this as a ritual. You do this as a part of worship. And the Bible says you do it with a clean heart. So, Tommy, if I'm getting ready to do this, how, how do I know if I'm really saved or not? Alliance test. Are you aligned with darkness or are you aligned with light? Uh, who are you when no one's looking? Are you in darkness or are you in light? Have you aligned yourself with God through Jesus Christ, the one and only Savior? Then there's that confession test. Have I examined my life and looked for those areas where 
darkness threatens, where sin is trying to seep in, or maybe I've, I've taken that pet sin and put it in my pocket because I kind of like it. Maybe today, as a born-again believer, the Holy Spirit of God is putting His finger on that in your life right now, and He's going, hoo, 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 right here, right here. Can I tell you something? You say, well, that, don't, that doesn't feel good. I, I, I don't like that. I want the warm fuzzies, and that doesn't feel good when God does that. Oh, but it's good when He does, because that means you belong to Him. And He wants you to confess that sin so that you can be Cleansed of all unrighteousness. And then there's that possession test. Am I walking in the possession of the truth of God's word in my life. Where it governs my life. Where it controls my life. If I choose to abuse and bend God's word to say what I want it to say. Then I'm not living in his truth. Do you possess the Word of God in your heart? You say, well, I've memorized some verses from Bible school. That's not what I'm asking. Because that's you with the Word. I want to know if the Word has you. Biblical community can only happen when we as believers have confessed our sin before God, been filled with the Word of God, Walking in obedience with God. In unbroken relationship with God through Jesus Christ. So in just a moment we're going to observe the Lord's table together. We're going to celebrate communion together. And by the way, you can't have communion without union, right? So my question to you this morning is, have you taken the alliance test? Where, where, does your, where does your heart line up? Where does your life line up? Darkness or light? Well, Tommy, I'm kind of a sort of a good person. And yeah, I've got some bad habits. And yeah, I may not always do the right thing. Yeah, just, if, if you're trying to explain away your sin, you know, what, you know what John said? If you say you have no sin, the truth is not in you. And if you say it isn't sin, then you're making God a liar. So who, who are you aligning with? Light or darkness? Have you confessed your sin before God as, as the Holy Spirit of God reveals it to you, as your eyes are opened to you? Do you find yourself in brokenness before a holy God confessing that sin? Seeking to be cleansed. And do you possess the word of God in your heart? And does it possess you in living in obedience? In just a moment, we're going to stand, we're going to sing. Have a time of invitation before we celebrate the Lord's table together. This is going to be our opportunity to to get things right with God before we take of the cup and the bread. This This is our opportunity right now. John, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, wrote what he wrote. So that we would be ready for this moment right now. Today's the day. Now's the time. You say, Tommy, I I, I just just don't know. I just don't know. 
Today's the day to be sure. Do you know Jesus as personal Lord and Savior? Or are you just playing church? Living in darkness. Pretending to be in the light. Christian, have you, have you confessed that sin? And are you walking in obedience to God's word? If not, you can pray where you are. That's what I love about the God that I serve. I can be wherever I want to be and pray and he hears me. <laughs> I don't have to be in church, but today that's where we are. It may be that you need to come and bow on this altar. And right here in this altar, you need to confess that sin. Not to me. I'm not your priest. Jesus is your high priest. And it may be that you need to bow at the foot of Jesus today and just say, Lord, you've shown me this area in my life. I know it's there, but I've been harboring it. I've I've been nurturing it. I've been reluctant to let go of it. And today I understand that if I want to be in right Fellowship with you and right relationship with my brothers in Christ. i got to get rid of this. And I come today with a repentant heart asking for your cleansing. I'll be down front while we sing this song. If, if, you, if you're not sure, you, you're looking at these tests and you're going, I'm not passing too many of them, preacher. I'm not, I'm not doing too good on these tests. And today's a good day to make sure. And to know beyond a shadow of a doubt that you're saved by grace. I'd love to share with you how you can know that. I'll be right here to pray with you, talk with you, counsel with you, whatever you may need me to do. But in these next few moments, let's make sure that two things are certain. We're in right fellowship with God. And we're in right relationship with each other. Let's pray. Father. Sometimes your word is like that soothing balm that brings relief and help to our hurting hearts and soul. Sometimes, Lord, it's, it's, it's like that, that relief that we so desperately need and want. And you come to us and you bring your power and your presence and you, you ease our pain. Lord, we're going to confess to you sometimes your word is like that sharp two-edged sword. And it cuts us. It begins to expose truth about us. Lord, I pray for that one that may be in this room right now. That they want to be in the light. They claim to be in the light. But the truth of the matter is, Lord, they're, they're walking in darkness. And they know it. They know it. How I pray that today will be the day, Lord, that they come running to the source of light. And that is you. Knowing that you are the only one that can rid them of the darkness and deliver them from the kingdom of darkness. And birth them, deliver them into the kingdom of light. Lord, I pray for that believer that's sitting in here right now that, Lord, you've put, that, you've put your finger on that sin that they're harboring in their life right now. That one that has, has crept in, maybe it kind of caught us off guard, but Lord, it's there and you, today you've pointed it out. I pray that right now, Lord Jesus, 
that with a repentant heart we find ourselves bowed before your throne. Confessing our sin with that repentant heart, knowing that you'll cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Lord, help us to examine our lives and know beyond a shadow of a doubt that it's not just that we carry the word of God around in our hands, but that the word of God has control of our hearts. Lord, in these next few moments, write our relationship with you and write our relationship with each other. It's our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand together as we sing together.
The table is where life happens. It's where imagination runs wild. Where lessons are learned. And wonders are built. The table is where time can stop. Where wounds are comforted. And freedom begins. It's where we find peace. And we laugh till it hurts. The table is where we gather with family, new and old, to share stories, to nourish our bodies, to enrich our souls. The table is where we give thanks and where we remember what great gifts At this time, I'd like to invite our deacons, if they will, to make their way up front as we prepare. Or do we have everybody? I think we got just about everybody. Well, good. Okay. Brother, if you'll help me. We didn't do it pretty like Mama would have, but that's good. Eh? <laughs> Today we're going to uh, observe communion, much like we've done the last several times over the last couple of years, uh, where we're going to invite you to come forward to pick up the bread and the cup. Uh, we'll have some deacons stationed at both sides. And also, if you had rather, instead of having the unpackaged bread and cup, if you would rather have the prepackaged bread and cup, uh, we will have that here in the middle, uh, a station for that as well. So what we're going to invite you to do is, is to make your way to the outside walls and come around and, and pick up the elements, whether it's the unpackaged or the packaged, and then make your way back to your seat. Uh, so, gentlemen, if you'll come on up, we'll get everyone uh, prepared to, to make their way. I'm going to ask if you would just to go ahead and stand and make your way to the outside and then make your way to pick up your elements for today.
have the prepackaged elements at this time, if you would please lift the very top cover so you have access to the bread. You know, the Bible says that on the night that Jesus was to be betrayed, and the night before he was to be crucified, he told his disciples as he broke the bread, this is my body that's broken for you. You see, the perfect body, the sinless body, had to be broken for all of our sinful ones. That which was without blemish had to be sacrificed for all of us who are blemished. So he broke the bread and gave it to them. We're very fortunate today to have two Spanish-speaking pastors with us. And I'm going to ask Brother Jose... Would you bless the bread? And if you want to bless it in Spanish, brother, God understands Spanish. Okay? Would you bless the bread? take and eat. Jesus then took the cup and he poured it. And he said something that had to be so amazing to those disciples around that room. You see, their entire life, they had always been taught that that cup represented the lamb that delivered the Israelites from the bondage of Egypt. But on that night, as Jesus poured the cup, he said, this is my blood, which is the new covenant. Just as the blood of that lamb all those years ago had bought the freedom and purchased the right to life, For those who were in Egypt, the blood of Jesus sets us free, purchases for us that which we could never afford for ourselves, and brings to us God's forgiveness and eternal life. Dr. Molina is our guest today, Dr. Gabriel Molina. Dr. Molina, would you please pray and ask God's blessings over the cup? Thank you, brother. Take and drink. I 
I want to thank our Hispanic pastors for allowing me to call on them at the last moment without notice. Thank you, gentlemen. As we prepare to leave, we're going to leave by singing a chorus of Because He Lives. That will be our benediction. At the conclusion of that chorus, you are free to go. Thank you so much for being here today. I pray that you go in God's peace and in God's love. Let's all stand together. Thank you.